Hello and welcome to Fundamental Value, a journey to quantify crypto. I'm your host, Joshua Frank, co-founder and CEO of The Tie. On Fundamental Value, we speak with the leading hedge funds, analysts, trading venues, and digital asset market participants. Our goal is simple, to understand how the leading minds in the cryptocurrency space are researching, analyzing, and quantifying the value of digital assets. Quick disclaimer, this podcast was recorded and is being made available solely for informational purposes. The information, statements, comments, views, and opinions throughout in this podcast should not be considered as a provision of investment advice or as an offer to buy or sell any securities or tokens or to make or consider any investment or course of action. You can view our show notes for our complete disclosures. In today's episode, I'm joined by Thor Chan, CEO at AAX. Thor, it's great to have you on. So you have an uh, interesting background. Uh, can you kind of go into uh, what you did before crypto? Yeah, so before like uh, doing AX, I was in uh, equities uh, market and doing mostly uh, uh, brokerage uh, and also uh, uh, trading. Uh, so I was in a, uh, a firm in Hong Kong, uh, uh, managing a brokerage firm. Uh, I was the responsible officer uh, managing the uh, the equities, mostly in Hong Kong, China, and some uh, U.S. equities. At the same time, I was managing a, a platform for uh, for 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 day trading. Uh, so like uh, back then, like uh, we we traded a very very large volume every day, uh, mostly like uh, Hong Kong equities and also like uh, the Hong Kong and Shenzhen, uh, connect and Hong Kong and and Shanghai connects. So like uh, most of my 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 time was responsible for operating a equities trading platform and also like a brokerage business. And so, what was your first experience with crypto, and what eventually led you down the uh, crypto rabbit hole? Yeah, so like uh, back in twenty twenty fifteen, uh, there's a market crash in uh in 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 the, in the China stock market. Uh, so like uh, as I said, like uh, we we did a lot of day trading, and then after that, like uh, the the market was quite quiet, and then like uh, and then we 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 started looking for other kind of um uh markets to to trade, especially for for day trading. So like uh, and then uh, we we started like uh, seeing that like uh, the Bitcoin market is actually mature was maturing, uh, and then we didn't see there are a lot of markets there for like. Uh, Growing liquidity at the same time, it is so volatile. That's really good for for day trading. Uh, so that's the uh, the timing that we started looking into uh, uh, crypto trading. And then, uh, even though we 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 did a lot of day trading, and then like uh, at that time, actually a lot of people they they make even more money when they just uh, buy and and hold uh, Bitcoin. So like uh, and then like uh, we we started looking into that and then see like. Uh, what would be the, the potential for the for the, uh, the the Bitcoin market? And then after that, we see that like uh, it's not just Bitcoin. There are actually other new uh, crypto uh, digital assets coming out, like Ethereum, Litecoin. So like uh, and then uh, we 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 found that like uh, there might be a growing market uh, for for crypto. So like uh, and then we decided to see like uh, whether we can jump into that. And so when you talk about we, was this the, the people that you were trading with or your previous firm? And, and what, uh, you know, what made you decide to jump into, uh, you know, jump full time into crypto? Was AAX your first full time role in crypto? And then, you know, you know, given your experience in trading, why did you decide to, uh, you know, go ahead and, and, you know, run an exchange as opposed to just just trades in crypto? Yeah, so. So like uh before the AX uh, uh working on full time stuff actually like uh, I, I I I we we started trading uh, crypto already uh 
so like we day traded uh, 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 Bitcoin. Uh, so like basically like uh, we have a very large position in in day trading, and then like uh, we 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 have a uh, uh, mostly on the on the day trading side for for that. And but but after that like uh, we like I said like uh, we we found that like a lot of people they make even more money uh, by by just like buying and 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 holding like uh, Bitcoin, and then like, we see that there's a growing. Uh, training volume so like uh, we we were fo- trying to look into maybe there's some opportunity for us to to run a platform so like um aax was founded uh, right after bitcoin uh, had reached its all-time high in, in uh, twenty thousand dollars it seemed like a golden opportunity for us even though like uh, it, i might i mean like it might be very very risky because some people said like okay maybe the market was was that or was that and then like it's, it's not going back anymore but we actually think that like uh, uh that's actually like uh, when the market gone really really crazy in the bullish market nobody care about like building the platform but we could see that like uh, the, the the market could have the potential become more mature and also we saw the need for an institutional grade technology so we thought about it and then think about like uh, what might be the the future uh crypto platform could be so we try to like uh, uh, discuss with different partners, and also like uh, look into like uh, what could be the the uh, the, the the potential uh, 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 future development for the crypto platform. And we identify a lot of issues, uh, and also a lot of like uh, users' problems, and then doing the 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 the, uh, the, the Bitcoin bullish market before. And then like uh, and we- so, can you can you dive into those a little bit? What were those issues and difficulties that you saw? Uh, so like uh, and then back then I think like during the ICO uh, uh, period, a lot of uh, users they they found it difficult to uh, to 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 get a very liquid market, and also like uh, the I think like a lot of institutional uh, traders they all share the the, the same issue that like uh, they have some connectivity issues, the connectivity is not stable. Uh, the, the matching engine is not stable, and then like sometimes the trades there there are some a lot of errors, so that that's actually a lot of problems that like uh, uh I mean the traditional traders or like uh, people from traditional finance didn't expect because the technology is not was not so mature, uh and there are so many issues in 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 the in the technical uh, aspects. Uh, that's one one side, uh, and and the other thing is about the the trust that like uh, they they don't really trust the, the the platform that they 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 kind of feel that okay there's some quick money they can make but whether they are willing to put the money I mean put the, to the assets from on the platform for for long term, uh they 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 don't have the confidence, and then they don't have the confidence on the wallets they don't have the confidence in the trading technologies. So these are the things that we were trying to uh, 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 to solve, and that's why we tried to discuss with some t- traditional uh, 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 finance technology players, uh, providers like uh, London Stock Exchange Technology to get involved and look into like uh, how would be what would be a great platform that people can trust and trade. And so you just mentioned uh, that the London Stock Exchange Group is, you know, LSEG is involved with AAX and, and you guys are actually using their matching engines. So can you kind of talk about one, how that came about uh, and two, the benefits of using LSEG's matching engine, for example, versus, you know, you know, uh, kind of a newer, you know, matching engine that was just built by, a, you know, a smaller or up and coming crypto exchange? Yeah, so like uh, LSEC Tech is a uh, is a technology provider for uh, more than uh, forty 
financial markets. They are providing their matching engines for 40 different financial markets and stock exchanges. So is there a lot of accumulative uh, experience and also know-how in operating a reliable and stable uh, 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 stock market. So um, the, I mean, like uh, this is the the technology that like uh, uh proven and also trusted by uh, a lot of like uh, financial markets and 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 players in 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 the financial industry. So um for for the for a operating for operating a crypto exchange, there are two big pieces of technology. One is actually the trading technologies. The core is matching engine, and another big piece is is the uh, is the uh, wallet and basically managing all the asset flow. So for 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 the trading part, and then that's the uh this very very uh, challenging to to build a very stable. Uh, uh, trading technology that is running twenty four seven, and can operate different kinds of like uh, uh, uh trading instruments like spot market or derivatives markets. So for a for a small exchange or for a new exchange, if they want to build a um a matching engine that is reliable like that, and that might take uh maybe a few years, and they they still may not be able to build that because they, they, they may not have the talent or like they don't really know how to, to do that. So that like, uh, that's the reason why like uh, back in uh, 20, 2017, 2016, and then we, 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 we heard a lot of uh, uh, news about like uh, the, the exchange, they were down for, for days and then the like, users couldn't register, users couldn't, couldn't place trade or like when they place trade, there's some Maybe some issues in the in the trade records, or like even maybe they have like uh some some issues in in matching the the, the correct orders, or like uh, they they manipulated in in the in the exchange. So these are all the uh, all the things that like uh I mean from 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 by a new exchange if you want to build that and that might take a lot of years. So after tech they have a, a special team to to build a matching engine. There's called Millennium IT uh, team. Uh, I think they have a, a few hundred people operating it and also building the and enhancing the matching engine. So this is these are all the a lot of resources and time and and domain know how that uh, only maybe some very very experienced player in the in the in the market for years could build. And so, what does your day to day look like as you know CEO of of, of a crypto exchange and and what types of responsibilities do you have? Well, we could use more resources. We have a very capable team. Uh, my day to day, or like more like a day to night, is attending a lot of meetings across departments, but also meeting with uh, potential partners, and then dealing with more urgent situations. My role is really to enable and empower each team to maximize their 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 impact. And there's a lot of work that's actually like uh, enhancing the collaboration between uh, departments, between colleagues, and solving some issues. And solving problems is actually the the, the, the major things that like every day I really need to do, even for a, uh, a stable and mature platform uh, that we, we still have to identify a lot of problems in the teams, in the markets, uh, maybe in the partnerships or like in, 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 in some very detailed sort of like regulation that these are all the problems that we need to take initiative to to uh, to drive the business and drive the team to uh, to solve them. 
And so what are the biggest challenges associated with being a CEO of an exchange? I mean, we've seen recently, you know, I mean, or, or over the last few years, you know, so many things, you know, an example being, uh, you know, BitMEX in violation of the Bank Secrecy Act and, you know, obviously having to, to deal with, uh, you know, KYC and all the regulatory requirements that come up. You know, an, another issue that we've seen is, is, is hacks happen time and time again with KuCoin. And we've seen, you know, we, we've seen things like, you know, exchanges like Coinbase going down. And so, you know, there are just so many things, you know, to me where I, when I look at the exchange space, I look at, you know, regulation, I look at, you know, having to custody users' assets, I look at, you know, potential risk of being hacked. You know, when I look at, you know, operating an exchange, I'm like, holy shit, this is super scary. <laughs> I mean, you know, what, what are the challenges that you see? Are they similar to that? Or, you know, do they differ? And, and does it differ on day to day versus, you know, more of a long term basis? Yeah, running an exchange sometimes feel like building a sand castle during a typhoon. Um, there are a lot of challenges they're facing as um, regulations, securities. Regulation is is uh, uh, regulatory uh, landscape is changing and also in, uh, improving as well. Uh, so like uh, this is the things that like we keep looking, and then we keep reviewing, and then let's see like uh, whether. Uh, whether we can do better in regulation or like uh, self-regulate ourselves, and then like, make make sure that like uh, we don't we don't we don't we don't have some some regulatory risk uh, in different jurisdictions globally. So this is very very challenging, um, and also like uh, security is always top of our, our mind. And then like uh, you know uh, there are a lot of a lot of like uh, challenges in 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 security space. I mean. Like my, my my personally my my, my myself like uh, there are a lot of like uh, I mean people try to 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 hack into my emails or like my accounts and then they, they, I I got a lot of alerts every day so like I need to look into that as well so like uh, we have a team to 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 work on the this monitoring as well so like we see we see that uh, there are a lot of like attacks like DDoS DNS and then like uh, and then like every day there's a lot of this kind of attacks so like uh, we are we are just having a defense wall uh, to to play so this is actually very very challenging for for us too so regulation security these are the the the, the things that like keep us alert and every time and then um, another challenge is how to keep our users happy and then like uh, at the same time that like uh, we are not uh, over, uh, I mean, like uh, over developing or like uh, um, uh, stretching too much in the in in the development or like uh, and and then like uh, distracting from our roadmap. I mean, we have a very big community right now, and then a lot of users they are sharing a lot of uh, comments. They I want this, I want that, and then sometimes they they didn't see what they expect, and then like uh, they they were super unhappy about that. And then uh, I think that there's some some some. That this is actually good because we can listen to the, the users directly, but at the same time the challenge is that like uh, we still want to sometimes like keep our roadmap uh, going and then like uh, keep our uh, I mean like uh, keep the game for for the competition. So this is also very challenging for us to 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 strike a balance. And so you know you mentioned that you know back in 2016 2017. You know, there really weren't any, you know, institutional trading venues, right, or or, or lit trade trading venues that that had, you know, well functional matching engines, you know, that that institutions could use. But over the last few years, we've seen this this emergence and surge of, you know, different types of trading in crypto, whether it be, 
you know, OTC venues uh, surging and, and, you know, now you can trade over API, you know, via, you know, some of the biggest OTC desks or the rise of smart order routing or even kind of the birth of, of prime services in crypto. You know, we've seen all these different types of trading venues, you know, start to rise to prominence as, as well as exchanges, right? I mean, you see, you know, there, there are hundreds and hundreds of exchanges around the globe. You know, there, there are big exchanges like Binance and Coinbase and OKEx and Huobi. And, and there, there are plenty of smaller exchanges as well that have, you know, made tons of interesting advancements. But one of the biggest challenges, I think, for these exchanges is just the, the you know, the, the, the challenge to attract liquidity uh, to their platform. And, and, and one of the things that I look at is I look at the crypto market. I'm like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. what makes exchange X, Y then, you know, different than exchange Z, right? And yeah. so my, my question to you is, who are AX's biggest competitors uh, and, and how do you manage to differentiate versus them? You know, in a market where, you know, I think the only real differentiators in my mind are technology, liquidity and security. I mean, I don't know if you have any thoughts on, you know, how you can differentiate beyond that. Yeah. So on one hand, uh, every exchange is up against every exchange. But in reality, it's more like competition in space exploration. It's the competition that is propelling us towards a hold. And that also means uh, respecting your peers. I mean, for us, the most important differentiator is liquidity and the capability, namely uh, the LSCG tech uh, that, that we are using, powering our matching engine. Uh, and we have a very high quality uh, derivatives product um, and that uh, we, 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 we carefully designed to, uh, to, to capture the, the growth of the, uh, of the derivatives market right now. Um, and then at the same time now, we are offering very, very low uh, trading fees in the market uh, to encourage both the market maker and also like takers to come over. Uh, I mean, on, on, on one side, we are we're compensating the, the market makers to, to make the market to provide very sufficient uh, liquidity. In the past three weeks, the, uh, the liquidity level of AX is catching up to uh, the tier one, tier two uh, derivative has changed. So like, uh, now you can see the, uh, the the ranking in terms of liquidity level uh, of AX is climbing up quite uh, quite fast uh, in the in the past few weeks, and and, and now uh, when we try to uh, develop the, um, the the crypto exchange user base, uh, we 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 are very big on uh, education because uh, even though now the competitions may seem very very keen because there are so many exchanges. But if we really look at the uh, the competitive landscape or like uh, the the market size, uh, it's still a very very early stage for the crypto market. When we when we look into maybe the comparison of a uh, uh, stock market or like a forex market, uh, those markets may be like ten times twenty times uh, uh, bigger in terms of uh, trade volume every day or like market cap. But if we if we but if we look into the the, the, the user base, they, they have like uh, maybe like hundred times even even more uh, than than crypto. So now I think like uh, there are more and more people coming to crypto for trading and for uh, portfolio uh, maybe like asset allocation. So like uh, we see that like uh, there are more and more new users. They are new to crypto, and even now like uh, we we have a lot of new things talking about. Uh, um, Talk about in in crypto, DeFi or like uh, uh, Web three. These these very hot topics. But still, like a lot of my friends or like a lot of people there in the stock market, they are still asking, "How can I buy my first Bitcoin?" 
So like uh, I think like this is actually the growing segment, and then like uh, um, uh, it's growing really really fast for 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 the for the for for the for the industry to to look into. Um, just now we mentioned like Web three, so we are mu very much moving in direction becoming a uh, Web three investment hub. Uh, we see this as one of the most promising sectors in the industry at present, and we we really want to hope that like uh, we can get more investors to look into this space and invest in Web three, because like uh, we see a lot of like uh, similarities of uh, Web three development uh, and very similar to what we we saw in maybe Internet age or like a Web two point and then like we see like a lot of new innovation there. Maybe like previously we have like maybe. We, we say like for example storage and then like okay we have the hardest storage and later on we have maybe dropbox or like cloud storage and now we have the the storage on the on the chain so this is the the, the kind of like um uh, involvement that we uh, that we, we are seeing that might make the, the the market grow even bigger in, in investment uh, in, in future and so you mentioned um having lowest trading fees in the market so you know, back in 2017 and, and even before then, right, you know, trading fees on crypto exchanges were huge. I mean, you know, you could have, you know, 2% or 3% spreads on exchanges, but we've seen across the board kind of a, you know, I don't want to say a race to zero with fees because certainly crypto exchanges still, you know, charge, you know, on average tremendous fees. But what impact do you think, you know, reduced fees will have on the industry? Um, and, and do you think that focusing on fee levels uh, as a differentiator, um, you know, while in the short run may be a good way to drive liquidity, could in the, could in the long run, um, you know, harm exchanges, or is it not something that you're concerned with? I mean, I mean, just, I mean, broadly speaking, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on on where fees are today and where they're going? Yeah, so I think the trading fees um, in in, in I mean, like not just for AX, but for for other platforms as well, it's getting lower and lower. Uh, this is actually very natural, like a uh, development. Same for for the stock market. I mean, like if we now look into maybe like Robinhood or like some uh, stock trading, they have zero commission trading, right? So, but we are not yet there. But like uh, we we can see that there's a trend for what if it's getting lower, and lower in order to attract more users to feel that the cost of trading is is lower. Uh, and and another big impact is actually about the the price spread because when the when the when the trading fee is lower. Uh, actually, the the market makers or like uh, uh, the, the mainly for the for the maker side, they can uh, they can place the uh, the price spread uh, lower, uh, 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 tighter, so that like uh, actually the the spread is is getting tighter and tighter now. So like uh, I mean for for all I mean a lot of like when uh, uh, markets I mean if the if the if the spread is is large. And then like, probably the, the fee is, is high as well. But there's some correlation about, about that. Um, for, for us, we are not, we are not very, um, we, we, we do not intentionally try to lower the fees to, to push the, com uh, the competition. Uh, but this is just part of the strategy that we take in order to, uh, to improve the liquidity. I mean, like uh, at one, one time we, we tried to compensate uh, the market makers to come to make the books and then we compensate them we give them some rebate at the same time like the on the on the, in the retail side or the ticker side uh, they're very low fees to 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 take the the orders uh when the market makers they get more orders taken by uh, by, by the users uh they they may make money so like uh and and for long one actually we can compensate the maker side like less 
So like uh, that's how we can try to build a market with a, a very good liquidity uh, with a mix of different users uh, making and taking uh, on the book. So when you guys originally launched AAX, you know, I think you guys got a lot of publicity around being a, you know, institutionally focused exchange and, you know, you guys integrated, you know, with LSEG, uh, but it seems like, um, you know, from what I've seen in the market, you guys have pivoted a little bit uh, to retail. So can you kind of give us a little bit of a background on, on what the original vision was for AAX and, you know, how and why that vision evolved over time? Yeah, so at the at the very beginning, we were very very focused on uh, on the institutional side. I mean, like uh, last year, uh, similar time when we were in London, uh, we were in touch with uh, mostly uh, institutional uh, institutional uh, users. I mean, they they were trading firms, they market makers, bookish firms, and then uh, when we when we tried to um, uh, after we launched uh, AX to, to the market, uh, at the one side we, we, we found that uh, the institutional side onboarding process everything maybe a little bit slow, um, but for the uh, for the need for the um, uh, for the community that like when we launched it actually there are a lot of users mostly they're 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 the retail users coming to the board so we found that okay that's actually a a, a market moving even faster uh, uh, so like uh, we we pivoted to to try to like uh, make our service available to the retail side and so what types of customers is AAX service today so now we cater to uh, newbies uh, who want to buy their first Bitcoin. Uh, we also cater for uh, experienced crypto traders. Uh, they have their digital assets. They will trade very, very frequently on spot and derivatives. Uh, we are also providing uh, services to uh, high-frequency traders or like quant traders. Mostly they are trading through our web API, RESTful, the web socket. And some institutional users, they even request for a fixed API for more stable and robust connectivity that's very common in, in the traditional finance industry. And are uh, you seeing uh, an increase in API-based trading? Um, have you seen any change over this year? I mean, we've certainly seen, you know, uh, you know, kind of some significant renewed interest in, in Bitcoin and as well as some institutional interest in Bitcoin, you know, pop up this year. Are you see, is that correlating or corresponding with an increase in API and fixed usage? Uh, or, or more of your, you know, large orders uh, and your, your large traders like family offices uh, or even hedge funds coming in, you know, just via your front end interface. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's both. Actually, for, uh, for the, uh, for, it's, it's driven by both uh, maybe like some retail users, but, but actually like in, in Asia, some retail users, they are, they are big whales, but they're not, 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 not coming. So like uh, they, 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 they trade a very, very big volume um, and then, this is one side, and the, and also we are seeing that there are actually more and more uh, API users uh, coming to to trade crypto. Uh, they are mostly uh, they are they are young people, teenagers, but they are very very familiar with uh, with technology and API trading. Uh, it, it's it's very interesting. I mean, uh, for for those people they trade, they I mean like uh, maybe ten years ago, and those people they they trade through API. Uh, most of them, they are maybe coming from a computer science background or engineering background, so they know how to code and they know uh, how to trade through the API. Uh, but now we are actually seeing uh, more and more uh, young users. Uh, they, 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 even though they are not coming from computer science background or engineering background, they, they still maybe they they just go on to YouTube or like they go online and they learn uh, 
how to trade through API connectivity, Python, and then like um, Java, and then they, they they know how to trade. And then like uh, uh they and then I, I talked to some users in in, in Hong Kong, uh they're 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 university students, they're they're maybe like a business background, but they hit they're trading through the API. So this is actually a very interesting trend that we see that like uh, the API users is not only just for uh, tech background people, but also like uh, the, the the new generation they they're familiar with uh, uh, perfect uh, technology. And that's actually really interesting, and that's actually not something that I've you know really I guess thought about or or discussed before. But I guess inherently it makes sense, right? A newer generation is more you know you know you know, I guess more sophisticated with computers and, and therefore, you know, probably, you know, you know, trading via API is something that just would come a lot easier to them. You know, a question I have for you, you know, you mentioned that you speak to them is, is, you know, are there different types of trading strategies that are more quantitative that these, these younger users are using? Are they, these people, are they trying to, you know, make markets? Are they arb trading? Are they, you know, deploying other types of sophisticated quantitative strategies? I mean, do you have any idea? Yeah, so for those those users, they are mostly like uh, doing some uh, arbitrage uh, trading, and they are they are connecting to uh, to different exchanges and see whether they can do arbitrage. Uh, and some of them they have their own own VWAP or TWAP strategies to buy and sell, uh, or like maybe swing trading. Uh, actually, a lot of them they are they are, they are doing swing trading, uh, and then mean reverse strategies to to trade the, the volatility. So these are the common strategies that I I I I saw or I knew from them. Uh, for in terms of market making, that's not very common for these kind of users because uh, for for the market makers, if they want to like uh, trade big volume or like they make more money, they might need uh, more right. capital. Yeah, university student doesn't have enough cash to make more goods. Yeah, some of them, but some of them are really rich. <laughs> <laughs> And and so, how do you go about attracting liquidity to AAX? Yeah, so the only thing that really attracts liquidity is liquidity. So it's very delicate process. Where we need to work with the market makers and retail traders, increasingly with aggregate platforms like Quantity to increase the participation and liquidity. It's also about technology assuring uh, traders is safe to trade with us, and our tech stack is resilient. Um, we also have a, a, a lot of uh, uh, market maker programs that we, we've been uh, getting the, the market makers to. I mean, the liquidity is always the, the chicken and egg problem, but but uh, is is if we want to initiate it, it's also uh, driven by the supply side. So like uh, that's why the market maker program is uh, is in place to to drive this uh drive this issue, drive this uh, solution. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And I think the, you know, the, the thing is, I think we need, and, and I mean, I think you've probably realized this is the retail flow is probably incredibly helpful for driving the institutional interest, right? And, and the institutional liquidity, right? Where, where people want to, you know, participate in a market where there are more re- retail traders. So I, I presume that that's thing that you guys have seen as well. Like, I mean, you know, you, you've mentioned that in the last three weeks, you know, uh, AAX's volumes have started to pick up. I mean, I just looked online now and I saw that, you know, the 24-hour trading volume is about $62 million US, which is pretty significant. Uh, so are you seeing, you know, did was, was most of the surge in trading volume on AAX driven by retail? And if so, is that being followed by institutions or what kind of pattern are you seeing? Yeah, that's a very good, uh, good question. So um, I think, I mean, like uh, 
if you ask me, like, uh, say, like, uh, uh, say, like, ten million uh, worth of uh, trade volume, do you want them to coming from uh, come from institutional or retail? Uh, I, I will surely answer you that, like, uh, we want we want that volume coming from the retail uh, <laughs> retail retail users, because like, uh, if the you because first if the liquidity or like uh, this trading volume for for maybe like it's done by maybe one institutional user but it's done by maybe like hundreds of like retail users so if, if one institutional user they they, they leave and then they are not uh, trading on the platform anymore uh, and then we completely lost uh, all the trade volume and liquidity but for the retail side it is it's almost impossible that like uh, suddenly all of them they they they, they leave um, maybe unless they we, we have problem on our platform but maybe before the institution maybe they leave their their own reasons and then like that that we cannot control so we kind of like diversify the uh, the risk so that the liquidity and trade volume is is more resilient in in, in this space and we also believe that like uh, when we have a lot of like a uh, retail flow uh, there, the institutional uh, uh, users they will come. I mean, I mean, working with institutional is 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 quite challenging. That like, um, uh, we need to prove to them that like uh, we have like uh, a lot of opportunity for them to trade. Uh, if we can prove that, actually, like uh, you don't really need to convince them; they will they will just come to trade. I mean, like uh, if 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 they don't see the, the flow there, they, if they don't see the um, the, the price uh, arbitrage uh, opportunity there. And then, like, uh, even if you compensate them or like uh, give them some more incentive to trade there, uh, they 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 are not stay there for for long term. So, uh, it's very true that the, the retail flow uh, attracts the, the institutional flow. Um, I think this is the same same thing for for the for the equities market too. So again, like if you look at like Robinhood, I think like recently there are not news that like now even the the institutional they are they are they are looking into. How the retail they are they are trading and then they are they are looking into the the, the retail market and then they see uh, what what the opportunities for them on Reddit or on the Robinhood community. It's actually the same thing happening in crypto. And what types of patterns are you seeing from uh, retail traders? Are, are 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 most of the retail guys that you see that are coming on the platform are they just buying Bitcoin and, and holding, or are they more active? Have you seen? Any sort of changes in user activity or patterns over time, or you know, uh, in terms of how they're allocating and, and how active they are. Yeah, so there are two types of uh, retail users uh, trading pattern. Uh, one is actually for those uh, newbie, uh, mostly like more mature users. I mean, maybe like a, a older generation. They 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 tend to buy and hold uh, this spot uh, trading. Uh, maybe they buy Bitcoin or Ethereum. That's it. And then they buy and hold in the in the platform, and they they may want to put it into saving, and and that's it. And they just want want some exposure uh, to to Bitcoin or Ethereum or digital asset, and then earn some interest. That's it. And and some other users they are very keen on uh, trading uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum uh, perpetual contracts. Uh, they are frequent traders, so like uh, they especially in Asia, those users they have a high leverage uh, trading. And then they, uh, they they capture the volatility of uh, of uh, they try to capture the the volatility of uh, crypto. Uh, so these these are mainly the the two types of uh, retail users. And then there are some some users there they are they are chasing after the the new tokens or DeFi tokens. 
but it's actually like uh, that's that's not the the, the biggest uh, uh, user segment that we saw. Yeah, and so has has the the and this kind of flows into my next question, but has the you know the I guess the fall of Bitmax, uh, you know, do you think that's partly responsible for the the you know the interest in uh, perps on your your platform and and the 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 new trading volume that's come in in, in the last few weeks, and then. Can you kind of flow that into to, to, to the next question, which is, you know, broadly speaking, what are your thoughts on BitMEX and the recent charges against them? Hmm. It, it's very unfortunate for, for, for BitMEX. I think most people in the industry understand that the digital assets that are still mostly unregulated move across borders and often go into gray areas. For this reason, we have decided not to serve the U.S. market at all until regulation is more favorable or like some other other development. And yeah, it's also very important to recognize that without BitMEX, the derivatives market would not be where it is today. So like uh, hopefully all exchanges will learn from this situation and take the next step forward in winning the respect and trust of the mainstream. And so so my the first part of that question was, did, did you guys see any do you think there's a correlation between trading volumes on your platform and and the and you know Bitmax, uh, you know violating the Bank Secrecy Act? Do you think some of the volume is, is has moved to you guys? Do you think that's that's you know Bitmax is partly responsible for that? Yeah. So like uh to 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 answer this, I think there are two a few factors. One Bitmax after the that issue like coming out all the news, actually the uh, the trade flow uh went into uh, a few uh other exchanges um, that you see in the ranking in the in the list they they, they, they firstly they vote 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 to maybe like uh, okx Hobby and and some other exchanges too so like uh, and we also see that the trend of like uh, a digital asset uh, coming out from 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 bitmax this is not uh, has not stopped yet so like still a trend and and after that actually there and then there are another issues that like the OKEX they got problem because they cannot you cannot withdraw digital assets there. Yeah, it's a pretty no. big problem. So like uh, <laughs> people wanna 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 get the, 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 the money out of it, but they, they can't. So like they can't they can't I mean the flow stopped basically at at, at 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 that point. So like but still some people they, they could try to manage to um to get the asset out of it, uh, maybe Doing some strategy trading, uh, strategy that uh, trading, losing money in OKX, but they're winning money from other exchanges too. They 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 have this kind of like uh, uh trading, uh, to try to get the money out of it. So uh, we 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 do see that like uh the the um the, this kind of flow uh, uh coming in uh, coming out. Uh, I think like there's some problem with the with the with with OKX. There's actually a signal that like uh. Uh, operating a cryptocurrency exchange in mainland China is quite risky. Uh, so I see that like uh, investors, uh, mostly, mostly like a more mature, um, uh, even retail investors, they they thought about like uh, moving their digital assets from from the exchanges that are they're not based in uh, China. They are not having their operations or like uh, keepers in in mainland China. So. These are the things that, like, uh, we we are, we are, we are seeing in the in the in the industry, and these are all the factors that, like, uh, getting the 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 assets like uh, diversified in in different uh, other uh, trusted uh, exchanges. And so, in regards to the 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 Bitmax news, what impact do you think that news will have on the industry more broadly? And do you expect that we'll continue to see a lot of noise from 
both U.S. regulators, but also from from global regulators like, you know, the FCA in the UK, the FSA in Japan, the Singapore Monetary Service Authority, as well as, you know, regulators in Hong Kong. Yeah, this is an ongoing conversation and luckily it's not really uh, um, politicized. Um, recently, the FCA indicated a ban on futures trading, uh, crypto futures trading for retail uh, investors. And the reason is concerns over uh, consumer uh, uh, protection. Uh, but there are a lot of objections against this. And the last thing the regulator wants is drive traders underground onto uh, shady platforms. <laughs> it's very important that we keep communicating and working together with regulators to address uh, legitimate concerns. Um, we, 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 at the same time, actually, AAX, we are uh, applying for, uh, for, for licenses, uh, around the, the world. I mean, uh, a lot of, uh, jurisdictions that, uh, major, uh, uh, financial markets, the, the jurisdictions or regulators and lawyers we've been talking to. Uh, so that, like, uh, first we try to understand the regulation, uh, and, uh, and their attitude towards crypto and what could be their con- biggest concerns in, in their market. Because, the regulatory concerns in Singapore may be different from, from, from what we see in Hong Kong or maybe what we see in US or like in the UK. So we try to talk to uh, as many uh, regulators in these major uh, uh, financial markets as possible. Um, and then like uh, this, these regulators, they also have some, some, uh, uh, some, some study and then they, they, they are actually learning crypto market as well. So, they, 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 at one, at on one hand, they are, they are working on their own, uh, regulatory framework. At the same time, they are also looking at uh, each other and then like, okay, maybe, maybe like Singapore, they are looking into the Hong Kong regulation, uh, Hong Kong regulation. Maybe they're looking into the U.S. regulations. I think like when the regulatory landscape becomes more mature, they, they want to, uh, reduce and minimize the, the, uh, the chances for, 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 for people to do some kind of regulatory arbitrage <laughs> so they, i think like i believe that in future there will be a very uh, uh, uh sophisticated framework that can apply uh in, in, a, in a or similar framework that can apply in, in, in many jurisdictions so this is the the thing that we are we are looking into and working closely with the compliance team to uh to hope that we now we are self-regulating and in various aspects in future when we try to get the license and get into the regulation that will be very easy for us and so what do you think of the rise of decentralized you know, trading venues? And, and do you view DEXs and DeFi platforms as being competitive to AX? Um, DeFi trading venues or DEXs are developing very fast. Um, innovation is needed to improve user experience and liquidity. I mean, right now when we see the market, uh, still there are a lot of newbies. They are, they are, they are still confused about like getting their first Bitcoin. And then now we are, we are, we are, we are telling them like a decentralized exchange and then like put your metamask to the, uh, to the, and connect to the, to the, to the decentralized exchange. And then like you can trade with somebody in the decentralized network and still very hard to understand for newbies. So like, I think, uh, the market needs more education and then like, uh, still take a very, very long way for, uh, for, 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 for it to develop. But we do not really see them as competitors. That's just a part of like, uh, Web3, um, and decentralized internet. And we, 
also enable our users to invest uh, in such uh, initiative. And we see there are a lot of interesting projects and, and innovation in this space that we, we really want, want to see them succeed. Uh, so that's why uh, we uh, we really want to see some big players or like uh, some, some some big parties to come in. I do not see the big players, the hedge funds, or like um, uh, ever uh, ready move on to such uh, exchanges or like uh, into those um, those trading venues. Uh, and why do you think that's the case? Yeah, there there feel feel concerned that like uh, 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 one thing is about the the regulatory risk uh, that they involved in the decentralized exchange. And while right now the the regulators they have a lot of concern about crypto trading, uh, looking into their AML checking and KYC these these issues, uh, and then that the while the decentralized exchange are trying to uh, to 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 uh, to do it right that way, uh, it, it's actually very difficult for decentralized exchange to do that. Uh, so like uh, I think you if you if you look at the the, the some some hack issues before. Like KuCoin, they their, their digital assets got stolen by the hackers, and the hacker try, now try to try to do the, the kind of money laundry or like uh, make the digital stolen digital assets clean. Uh, now not really on the decentralized exchange because decentralized exchange they work together to <laughs> to freeze their digital assets, so they resolve to to go to uh, the decentralized exchange to do that. But it's really really hard for them to 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 trace and check that. So this is one thing about the, the regulatory risk and also compliance stuff. And the in and the other side is about the um, the liquidity and the price bread and also the uh, the uh, so this is the uh, right now uh, it's not it's not very, very easy for them to uh, to place a big order with the with the with the um, with the very small slippage uh, on the decentralized exchange. But we see that like uh, there are a lot of like digital assets. Uh, 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 locked in the DeFi uh, projects, so the the liquidity is has improved quite a lot when we when we're looking to that like uh, when compared to maybe two years ago, but when they really wanna wanna try to compare with the uh, the trading values of the centralized exchange, and then there's still uh, a long way to go because uh, when the institutional traders or, or big players they trade on the um, centralized exchange, they are not really just trade on one exchange, they are trading on maybe multiple exchanges. So like uh, they place one order and one order have maybe placed in this smart order router and then like a separate, a split into different exchange values. So the liquidity is actually quite, quite sufficient for them. Uh, but for the decentralized exchange and then like, they place the order, the anticipation of the price spread and, and they and definitely maybe a little bit limited for, for, for them. And so, AAX is is was founded in Hong Kong and is Hong Kong based. So you mentioned a little bit, um, you know, ha, you know, on, about how the Asian cryptocurrency market compares to that in the United States. And I think that you know the main point, and what I've heard from a lot of others, is just the fact that I think a lot of people in Asia are willing to trade with with more leverage than those in the United States. I mean, is that kind of broadly speaking the biggest difference that you've seen? And, um, you know, in, in Asia, you know, versus in other markets that you're servicing, is there any sort of difference in retail versus institutional interest? Like, is there more retail in Asia and more institutional interest, you know, in other places? Hmm. The, the Asian market is booming. 
Um, and people here are very familiar with trading and investment, especially in hubs like uh, Hong Kong, Singapore, and, and, and Japan. Uh, we are seeing mainly retail interest uh, with some uptake among high network individuals and family offices trading in, in, in Asian uh, markets. So like um, these users, they are um, uh, more, I mean, like they're, they're willing to take more risk for high return. Uh, but not not very conservative in this space, um, and that they're willing to to put their money in 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 new investment because they when they look into the high return they are very um, very, very, very keen on like exploring it. Uh, we we think that like uh, mostly like in 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 Asia, even though like uh, there are more and more institutional users um, uh, coming to this space and also family offices coming to the space to buy Bitcoin. Uh, but we see that the the growth of retail users is actually much much faster than the uh, than the institutional side. I think that's very natural because uh, uh, always like uh, the financial markets they come with maybe like a boom in the in the in the retail market, and then like uh, and then they they have a very very huge volume, and then when they go maturing, and then the institutional uh, market will come in, and then they will be the the, the major players. The same for the for the maybe U.S. equities market, right? So now, like I think eighty percent, ninety percent, the the trade volume they're coming from institutional. Maybe they're now a little bit less, but still the majority coming from the institutional flow. But maybe like ten years, twenty years ago, maybe that that's that's the proportion maybe maybe much lower in terms of like uh, uh, the the institutional player. But for for the Asian market, is still like uh, the financial markets. They are still like a lot of like retail users. So like um, say for in in, in China the the stock market I think like the, the trade flow maybe seventy percent or eighty percent they're coming from 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 the retail so uh, it's super volatile and then and then and then like a very uh, I mean I mean like the, the market uh, uh, volatility is is really really high uh, in 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 this so it, it's driven by the by the users as well so the, the volatility. And so what's next for AAX? What do you guys have on your roadmap that has you excited? Uh, you know, what's what's a bit further down the roadmap as well? Yeah, so AAX is dedicated to building a seamless digital asset trading platform. Uh, on the one hand, we are building more features and functionalities for perpetual contrast trading, uh, adding different order types, adding cross-margin multi-collateral trading. So crypto has a lot to learn from traditional finance market. Um, on the other hand, we allocated quite a lot of resources to provide uh, ease of access to crypto. Uh, so far, we are supporting 20 different uh, fiat currencies to make sure that we make it really easy for users to get their first Bitcoin with their local currency. Uh, in the near future, we support um, AHKD. Uh, this is a Hong Kong dollar-backed stablecoin uh, that we we work with. Uh, we work on to bring crypto closer to Hong Kong users. Uh, we also want to expand in terms of gamification, uh, education to rich and uh, even bigger community of uh, digital natives. Um, when the regulation environment is more friendly, uh, security uh, token offering uh, will be our choices in future too. And so the question that we ask for all of our guests is, how do you think about asset valuation within crypto? How do you define fundamentals? And, and does it depend on the asset? Like would Bitcoin's fundamentals be different than Ethereum's? And, and how do you think through big questions like 
you know, where should value accrue? Should a value accrue at, at the protocol level to a protocol like Ethereum or should, should it occur at the application layer, you know, with things like Chainlink and other ERC-20 tokens built on top of Ethereum? Hmm. So like a, a first uh, first thing to, to look at crypto, uh, it, it's actually very, very difficult to, to do the evaluation uh, for, 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 I mean, like for, for crypto. Well, that's, that's the whole point of the podcast, right? Is that the fact that there really are no fundamentals and there's no way to truly value you know, crypto, but it's kind of interesting to get everybody's perspective, right? On, on how do you even start approaching the question, right? Where do we even start? Yeah, so like um, if we if we look into that, I think this is this is all about all about utility. I mean, uh, Bitcoin opened the door to real decentralization and tokens that succeed in driving decentralized uh, ecosystems uh, are worth our attention. Um, the crypto's potential is not fully uh, released yet. In the near future, we can evaluate concepts that we can't imagine before: CPU, bandwidth, piece of jewelry, job of oil or even attention, breath, everyone is contributing in generating value and everyone is consuming it. So like the fundamentals in the industry is, will, will always be about utility and adoption. Uh, in 2020 and 2021, we will see a lot of consolidation. In 2022, I believe the mass adoption will start and we will march into uh, the blockchain powered age. Uh, some stock to flow models see um, maybe BTC they are reaching a a million by by twenty twenty five, and a recent report by Grayscale deals with this. It's very clear that it's worth looking into. Um, there's that the report is called valuing uh, Bitcoin. I think for the uh, for the valuation piece is is um, if we look at the whole market, if we see like a Bitcoin. Um, uh, I just not mentioned about utility, but if you look at Bitcoin, the utility itself is actually a uh, storage of value. It, it, it's very, very similar to, to gold. Uh, but if we look into uh, other other um, assets like uh, Ethereum, it's all about a really real application uh, built upon the, the chain. Uh, so like if we see it, there are more and more uh, applications built upon it and it's seen more and more new projects on it. So that's the... That's the value that we can we can see and we can we can we can look into. I th I think right now the the whole crypto industry is still a very uh um, very early early stage of the development. It's very similar to maybe year two thousand the internet age, uh when people were were questioning about like uh, uh okay this is the maybe the dot com bubble and then like uh, why 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 you guys have uh, such a big company uh, valuation. Uh, without an actual application so like uh, but in the during the boom there may be like hundreds of companies coming in coming out but at the end of the day only maybe a few uh this after the consolidation consolidation now we see maybe amazon you see like ebay or like uh, facebook so this is the, the the natural development for 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 technology i think like because that's only only based on maybe the internet protocol but now for the blockchain industry we have a lot of new different protocols so we see, we we will surely see like uh, some some companies maybe ten years from now we see um, a blockchain version of maybe Amazon or blockchain version of like Dropbox or like blockchain version of maybe um, uh, Snowflake. Th this kind of like uh, companies they will be in in the market. So uh, this this will be the values that I think uh, of of the of the industry. And so, what are the 
you know, what, what are the biggest risks for crypto and what has you most excited? Yeah, so like uh, the, the, the risk management side is uh, quite, uh, quite challenging for us. The industry is quite steady, actually, and it's getting more and more attention right now. But as with any asset, there are risks and traders need to make sure they, 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 they play their pie, uh, the, the part in, in securing their, their access um, and, and not being overly confident in the market. Um, the, the best of traders do, do, do so with a tefl courage. Um, so like the, the most exciting for, for, for crypto, I think that the, the future where, where we live in a safer world and we can see technology really unleash its potential. Um, when Bitcoin reaches a million US dollars, that will be the very exciting thing that we, 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 we want to see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, who doesn't want to see Bitcoin hit a, hit a million dollars, right? So, um, so my, my, my final, uh, you know, I guess fun question that I like to ask a lot of our guests is if you could join, uh, any, uh, any company, uh, or, or a large public company more specifically as a, you know, a cryptocurrency advisor, who would it be and why? Hmm. <laughs> That's very interesting. Uh, I believe crypto can really be of uh, benefit to uh, social media platform like uh, Twitter. Uh, crypto could help to incentivize biased content moderation, and I would love to think about that. And it's also to be very interesting to advise an exchange such as maybe LSE or Hong Kong Stock Exchange to drive legitimacy and work connect. Uh, crypto to to global finance. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you having having you on and uh, you know kind of talking through you know the markets with you and and all the the, the various things that AAX are working is working on. So, can you just let everybody know where they can uh, find out more about you and AAX and where they can follow you online? Yeah. So, like uh, for more information about AAX, just log in aax.com or like follow me on um, on on Twitter. Just search. Uh, me, my name, Floor Chen. Awesome. Thanks so much. Really appreciate having you on. Thank you.